Welcome to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Hey, well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good overnight, wherever you may be listening to. This is the RV Dreaming Podcast. My name is Stuart. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. And this one, we're going to keep talking about Canada because that's, uh, I just got off this uh, four week long uh, trip that wasn't really planned at all. It was just kind of, I knew where I was going. I knew where I, what I wanted to do to an extent, but I didn't really have reservations. I didn't have campgrounds set up. I didn't have places to stay. I kind of made it up as I as I went along. My trip in Canada, it was over 1,600 kilometers, nearly over a thousand miles in total length. It took about four weeks away that I did it. And I, I did it by just moving from one place to another to another, never really spending one night in the same spot. However, I made, like I stayed in Calgary for I think three or four days and I stayed in Vancouver for I want to say eight or nine days but I never slept really in the same area unless I was like at a boondockers welcome or something like that I was kind of all over the place I was in the north side of Vancouver west side I was uh, in Vancouver Island and in Victoria and in all these other different places and and there were some nights that it was nerve-wracking so on my very very last weekend up in vancouver i met up with tiffany and if you don't know tiffany she's from she's online she's where is tiffany and she drove up from seattle she happened to be up there she she came up to uh, stay with me in vancouver and she's also in a van she's in a in a travado a winnebago travado it's a dodge uh promaster and she's a campground girl. Like she loves her full hookup. She has she loves all that. She's always in campgrounds. But she came to see me and I was boondocking, so she came to do that too. She's never stayed stealth camping like this before, just pulling over onto the side of the road in a neighborhood and calling it home for the night, which is pretty much everything that I did during my entire trip through Canada. It was just, here's where I'm going, here's where I'm at. So I'm going to give you some tips on what I looked for when I needed to find places to stay. And I'm not talking about Planet Fitnesses or Walmarts or any of those other places. Because in Canada, there is no overnight parking. You can't do it. There's there's signs. There's really, as a matter of fact, when I was in Vancouver, there was a shopping mall that had a bar over the entire mall parking area that didn't even let vans in. Like, it had a height limit of, like, six feet. And that was the only way you can go onto the shopping mall, even if you were going to park outside or things. So I had to go park parallel. So anyways, they're very strict about parking and and overnighting and, and all that. So here's what I did to try and find the best places for overnight parking. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Okay, first off, apps. I use Seeker, which is a van life app. I use Campendium. I used iOverlander to try and find places to park wherever I could. 
those places normally gave kind of things, but they're they're old, they're outdated. And the one thing that I really, really, and I don't know if this is just a Canada thing or if this is a U.S. thing or just an app thing, it, it was pretty vague. And a lot of the places that are listed were updated as closed or they just they just weren't very good spots. But that's kind of where I, I started to to find my basis as far as what neighborhoods or what section of the city or the community um, have other people stayed successfully at. And I kind of looked into that area as a, as a starting basis. Other things that I looked at when trying to find things is I'll look for schools and parks. Because right now during the summer, schools are empty. So you normally will be able to find some parking around there and parks. Parks are a little more high profile because they're parks. They normally close and they're normally enforced more regularly than schools are. So I, I looked for that as well. Another thing that I looked at is I would go onto Google and I would find apartment complexes or, or, or anything like that. And I would try and find a high-density area where here's the thing. You go into a neighborhood of single family residences, you go park your van out there on the side of the street, or you go park your small class C on the side of the street, most likely all the neighbors know each other. And so they may go, Do you know who that is? Are they staying with you and whatever? And they communicate and when they realize that you don't belong to any of your neighbors, then somebody is more likely to call the cops. However, if you are staying in an area with a lot of townhomes, duplexes, condos, apartment buildings, high-density, high-residential things, most likely people aren't going to be able to do that. They won't be able to identify you as being someone that shouldn't be there or someone who doesn't belong to someone who lives there. So if you're able to find a parking spot in a high-density area, that would be great. Now, the problem is there's a lot of guests there. There's a lot of people there, and the streets are going to be crowded. So that's the flip side of the challenge, but you're going to be able to blend in easier. So I did that a lot in Vancouver when I was trying to find places to, to, to sleep for the night. I went into areas that were high-density but not high-rise apartments, not not those big buildings, but more like fourplexes or smaller apartment buildings, things along those lines, places that I can kind of blend in a little easier and be a little more stealth, I guess, the thing. Now, some people wonder, how can you tell the difference between, say, a good neighborhood and a bad neighborhood? Well, what I've done is I'll go and find my parking space you know, it's, it was getting dark at around 8, 30, 9 o'clock when I was up there. So I started finding my parking space around 6, 6, 37, just when it was light outside. And what I looked for is I looked for people going out for walks. In a lot of different areas, as, as people get home from work or whatever, people will take their dogs out for a walk. People will just go for a stroll. And if I'm in a neighborhood where I see people outside going for a walk, I, I'm going to pretty much assume it is a, a fairly safe place to be. You know, it, I, I look for uh, homes that have chain link fences and, and gates around them. If you're in an area where all the homes have chain link fences and, and pit bulls and, and guard dogs and stuff, you probably don't want to sleep there. But if you're in a neighborhood that's open, that is, you know, there's people walking around as it gets darker, you know, you see families and kids playing at, at the playgrounds, you're probably going to be in an okay area. You're probably going to be all right. 
to to stick around in that area. So I looked for that as well. If you wanted to get more advanced on it, you can go on to the websites of whatever area that you're in, and they'll have crime rate statistics and, and things along those lines as well. So that might be a uh, thing. The other thing that I do is I also look for areas of high concentration. So in Google Google Maps, uh, and when I mean high concentration as in density for apartments, I mean like for businesses, like midtowns, downtown areas. If you're in Google Maps, you can zoom in and then you'll see areas that'll say, and in Google Maps it'll say busy area, or there's a little highlighted block where there's a lot of stores and restaurants. And I'll go into that area and maybe pick a place a block or two away from that end. Because then if a cop comes and knocks on my door or somebody says, hey, you got to move, I can always go, sorry, officer, I meant to move, but I was at this restaurant or I was at this bar, I had a little too much to drink, and I didn't want to drive, so I just decided to stay here tonight. And normally that might get you a pass as opposed to saying that you were willingly and knowingly staying somewhere that you shouldn't you can say, I had every intention to move, but I chose not to because I wanted to be safe. You're listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and thanks for listening. Shitty car, but we hit the road. Doesn't matter where we go and destination unknown. I don't care where the motor stops. Because when I want it, then I want it. Yeah, I want it. Oh, I want it. Let's go. Look around. Where's the people at? I want a taste of the good life. Hit me with it right now. When I want it, then I want it, yeah, I want it, oh, I want it, let's go And I won't look back, yeah, I don't care about the bad shit back home It's Cincinnati, baby, I just wanna let it go Nothing matters when we're way out here, oh, I, I, oh, I, I, yeah Baby, I don't have to know your real name I'm just addicted to the way
online. RVDreaming.tv. Remember to hit that subscribe button. And there are some places that just crack down, especially smaller towns uh, and, and whatever, where there's a cop over there that just doesn't really have anything to do, you know, other than looking or trying to make problems where none existed. And I was in that situation when I was in Kamloops. And I was trying to find a spot, and the spots that I thought were good, because here's the thing, I'll, I'll look in advance on where I'm going, and I'll use Google Street View, and I'll look at the streets, and I'll see if I can find something that meets the criteria that I just kind of outlined, and then I'll use Google Street View to zoom in on street signs, to see what the street signs say, if it might be something different than what's on Campendium or iOverlander or Seek or something like that. So I'll do a little bit of independent evaluation just to kind of do that. And I don't know if you even know this too, I'll, I'll do this at like Walmart parking lots here in the States, where a lot of the Walmart parking lots have street view in the parking lot. So I'll, I'll go to the parking lot and I'll zoom in on the light poles in the lot and I'll see if there's signs about overnight parking or anything. So I can just start eliminating those things off of my list where I can go, okay, this Walmart doesn't take it. There's signs, boom, done, move on. But when it was in Kamloops, I, all the places that I thought I would be able to stay at were, were packed. I mean, there were, there were, there was, there was nothing. Every, all the normal tricks that I just used, I, I couldn't find. And it kind of made me remember something that I did when I was up in uh, Buena Vista, Colorado, near Salida and stuff. There is a visitor center there that takes RVs. You know, there's there's this big thing. And so I was like, well, maybe there's a Kamloops visitor center. So what I did is I found it online and I did the Google Street View. But there was a small parking lot. There was a Tesla charging station there at, at the visitor center. But what I was more worried or I was more focused on what wasn't there as opposed to what was there. Because what was not there were any signs restricting overnight parking. There were no signs restricting closed during business, you know, outside of business hours. There were no no trespassing signs. There were there was nothing that indicated that you couldn't stay there, but there were no signs that were saying that you could stay there either. So what did I do? I was pretty much out of options, so I stayed there. I parked my van, uh, got there late, like around 10 o'clock at night. I parked in the furthest most corner, the most unobstructed corner. Oh, and, and there is a police station right across the street. Like I can, like there is a police lot where they, they put all the cars and then the building of the visitor center. And then on the other side of the building was me and the van. And, and I was like, well, whatever, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I got there late. And I left early. I left before they opened at nine o'clock, and there were there were no problems. And when I say I left, all I did is I moved to a public lot that was open. You know, there was one right across the street. So all I did is I just moved out of that lot because in that public lot there were signs that said no overnight parking. And so instead of going there, I just came over to the visitor center. I stayed there, and then at eight thirty, I just moved over to the main lot that was open. And that was, and that solved that. So the visitor center was another spot that kind of saved me that night because the Walmarts, the casinos, the Planet Fitnesses, the truck stops, there were none around there, or rest stops or whatever. All of the normal go-tos were, 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 were gone. There, there, there really were no options left. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. You know, here's another thing. There was a rest stop, and I thought restaurant uh, rest stops were, were typically safe. 
But there was one that was on all of the websites uh, and all the apps saying that there's no overnight parking, absolutely no overnight parking. When I did the Google map view, there were signs that said no overnight parking. But I was out of options in, in this little town too, and, I, and the name of it escapes me right now. But when I got there... <laughs> Oh, man, it was anything but. There were rigs that were there that looked like they had been there for days, months, or even years. There were things that, like, there was one that was for sale. It looked like it was abandoned. I thought it was I thought it was just left. But um, as I was going around the town, it moved. It was here one hour, and then later in the afternoon, it was somewhere else. And, but it was a big parking lot at this rest stop, and they and so it was moving. But it was there night after night after night. I know I was there night after night. It was actually, you know, it was, a, it was the same rest area that I ran my Starlink over. So if you haven't if you didn't know about that, you, then you need to go follow me on Instagram because I pulled over to this rest area to uh, put up my Starlink because I had a, a podcast that I had to record. So I recorded the podcast and then I stopped and uh, put all my gear away inside the van. I made some lunch and then I started getting ready to go. And just as I was going, it's like clunk, clunk, I ran over the damn thing. I'm actually using it still right now because... I wasn't able to get the new dish up to Canada, so I'm going to pick it up when I'm in Washington in, in a few uh, a few days, I guess. Even though there were no signs that said it was okay, and all the signs said no overnight parking, then, but there were there was people there, so I, I I stayed there as well, just because you know what are they going to do? Give us all a ticket? You're listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and thanks for listening. Another place I realized I stayed twice at during my Canada trips were casinos. They're different than they are in the states. Even these Indian casinos, most of the casinos in the states are 24/7, so you're you're okay typically. But there are some casinos, the ones that I found in in Canada that they close at like midnight or 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. And so everyone clears out, all the customers clear out. So it's harder for you to like blend in, you know, with, with everybody. So what I found is a casino with a hotel attached to it. And I stayed in the hotel parking area. And that was a, that was, that was a good thing and a bad thing. So I, I pulled into the parking lot of the hotel guest area and I put the van there and I stayed in that lot. And that was fine, except the morning that I needed to leave, there were cars all around me. And I again, I'm in the van and I and the parking lot was so small, I couldn't get out without another car moving so I could maneuver. So I was kind of stuck there until somebody else moved out the, that you know one thing like i love about like texas and the south and and everything is there's land plenty there's there's so much land there's so much space that you never really have to worry about you know how am i going to turn around can i make this turn but when you get into these other urban areas or, or these, some of these areas where land is more at a premium you know you don't have these wide turns uh, radiuses and big parking spots that you're used to in, in some of these other areas. So when you're trying to overnight stealth camp in a tiny parking lot with tiny parking spaces, it can get really difficult to be able to maneuver when you're in a rig. And, and I'm not a small rig, but I'm not a big rig. You know, I'm in 24 feet van, you know, and I know vans go from 19 feet. I think that's the smallest sprinter. And I think maybe the Dodge Promaster might be that size as well. And then the Ford Transits are that size, or there's also 22-foot Ford Transit. But 
24 feet, I think, is the largest that you can get in a van. And I also think 24 feet is the smallest C class that you can, a class C motorhome that you can get. Now, here's the thing about the van, and this is why I like it. It's still narrow. You know, if I went into a B plus or a C, you know, you get those extra wings that go out on the side, and then all of a sudden you're going to be a lot wider. So not only are you long, but you're wide, which is one of the reasons why I like being in the van. Is I, I even though I may need two parking spaces to pull through into a parking lot, I could still just take two. Versus if I'm in a, a B plus or a C where I've got the bigger length, or I'm sorry, bigger width, then I'm going to need possibly four parking spaces depending upon how how big they are so that was a another big benefit for me so finding uh parking in casinos i think that's an underrated area and and you know me i'm a i love to gamble see the action on instagram Stuart doing stuff hear about it on the podcast
now I want to know from you where how the how what's your boondocking locating skill set? Like, did you learn something new, or do you have other tips or tricks that you might want to share with other people? Drop them in the comments. Go go join us on our Facebook page at rvdreaming.tv. Um, go find us, or even on my page at Stuart Doing Stuff. I want to know about your uh, your your boondocking skills and habits, and and where else have you been able to find this? Because I I was nervous, but I was ready for it. Like I was like in this bring it on, because not only am I in a foreign country to places that I've never been before with rules that are fluctuating all the time. You know, I was like, I'm up for this challenge. I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. And darn it, I did, and and I'm very happy about it. It wasn't easy. There were a few nights, especially that Kamloops one, when I came across that visitor center. That was a lifesaver. Otherwise, I would have just had to, you know, really cross my fingers on it and uh, and hope that everything was gonna be okay. But um, I I survived. And it was fantastic, and it was great, and I'm and I'm glad I did it, and I feel like using those skill sets uh, moving forward is going to be good as well. So I hope you got something out of this. I hope that you learned something, and again, drop your comments below and let us know. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and heart this uh, this uh, new podcast and subscribe to it. It'll help us out greatly. Thanks for listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode.